Local Media This Week is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. Good afternoon, you're listening to SBCR and the programme you're listening to is Local Media This Week. And uh, we are short one or two people this week, but we have one or two uh, very good additions. Uh, the bench has been uh, well warmed uh, and uh, delighted to say that uh, uh, in, in place of John S. Uh, this afternoon is uh, Tom Hanley. Tom, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, Luke. Okay, so, yeah. uh, the, the, the regular A-team uh, candidates, we'll say, of uh, Pat O'Brien and David Fleming are here. So good afternoon, folks. And uh, we, we, we let Jim off on holidays for a week, but uh, we, we got the best replacement possible, and we're delighted to welcome uh, Head of News and Sport from the Clare Echo, Park McMahon. Good afternoon to you. Afternoon, Luke. I hope I'll get to swap positions with Jim and get to sunny Spain. <laughs> well, I think we all do. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, listen, we'll have to let him have his week in the sun, you know. So, but uh, we, 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 we wish uh, Jim. It's fine for Jim. Sun, Luke, isn't it, though? Yeah, I wouldn't know, David. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> but uh, anyway, listen, uh, we, we, we'll get on with the show. Park, I'm, I'm going to come back to you in a few minutes, but before, before we start um, uh, going through most of the papers, I, I just want to allude, and it's on the front page of uh, the Clare Champion, and that East Clare is numbed after two road tragedies within days, uh, two fatal road collisions which happened, um, which claimed the lives of two men, uh, one from Mount Shannon and one from... Uh, Balna Kil- Kilaloo and we'll say we just want to express our sympathies to all the people involved in relation to it and may the deceased rest in peace I'm into that indeed now Porik I'm going to turn to you for a minute I said listen th- thanks for coming out great great to sort of have you back out here in the flesh in East Clare and there's plenty in the paper that we're, we're going to talk to you about but just give us a, a little update uh, on where things are at we'll say with uh, yourselves and the Echo the last time you were out here you had just launched your subscription service so tell us how things are going there yeah it's um, busy out as ever Luke in, in local media as you know yourselves um, with your great work highlighting the papers every single week here on the show um, so we are flat to the match. We had the split season in the GAA, but that hasn't meant any um, let up for our local media. I've been going to Intercounty County and now Munster Club, so it's, it's all go, go, go every week and every weekend. Yes, we had, we had to book this appointment with you about three months ago, you yeah. know, so, so um, <laughs> I said, well, you said, once the season is over, I might be able to come out. And I said, well, we're, we're very thankful so, to you for, for coming out. And just in relation to the coverage that you have, um, uh, very noticeable this year, a big increase in sporting coverage and I, I presume you had a scenario on a few occasions where the paper you hadn't enough room in the paper and so you went and went with a like a you scan a barcode if you want to read uh, things and how has that, that gone, gone down? Yeah very very well Luke and we're kind of incorporating it into the, the news side of it so it's I suppose since I came into the clerical the goal was to create a sports section and we kind of have it yeah. now at the minute and it's going well and um, good feedback from the public um, and a lot of our stuff we're, we're linking to online, or online is probably more active than our weather paper is there every week, but the, the online it's nearly first, go first to online. Because it's more, it's more, it's there, we'll say, quicker, I suppose. Exactly, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. it's just the way the news cycle has gone, it has to nearly be digital first, um, so we're nearly ahead of the posse at that stage. Um, and then, of course, as you mentioned, the, the subscription thing is, is going very well, we're very happy with that, um, you know. As we, we'd always encourage people to, to pay for news in whatever way they can. If it's not there, it won't be, 
it won't be, you know, I know the, the, the recent budget had an issue in relation to VAT, we'll say, for papers, which obviously didn't affect you because you're, you're a free publication, but we'll say, in, in general, I, pre I presume no more than all the rest of us, and we're going to be alluding to it in a while, costs have gone up, you know, so I, I suppose you, you have to... Um, sort of try and manage all that, I suppose, and, uh, you know, like print costs, I presume, have gone, like, you know, like everything else have prob probably gone up, so more, more ads, I suppose, more people on the road. <laughs> yeah, well, more people on the road, um, but uh, the, the subscription is uh, an extra source of revenue that we didn't have previously, which has gone fantastic, but print, I think print costs have gone up close to about 80% um, pre-inflation, yeah. um, which is huge, and um, we're actually going to be changing printer in the next couple of weeks, so um, that'll be, yeah. that'll be And circulation-wise now, we'll say, for the print edition, what, what, what are you at? We're still, we're above 16,000, which is the highest in Clare. That's, um, a, that's a fair number. Yeah, mm. so, yeah. But it's, mm. it's, it's a massive county to get around to when you go from, you know, north, east, south and west, so, um, but like the online ticks all those boxes as well, and you're getting your Clare people abroad. That's um, the, yeah. That that's the important point. Yeah. Um, and you know, for those people who may not be familiar with a subscription service, could you describe it to them and how it works and what they might have to do to actually subscribe? Yeah. So basically, for for us, this subscription is um, when we have articles that are maybe exclusive to the cleric, we put them behind a paywall. So you have to be subscribed to actually get access to read it. Same thing as if there's a paper in the shop. That you actually have to give your 250 or whatever to pick up the paper. It's um, the offer we have is 75 cent a week for the first six months, and then that goes up. Um, it ends up being about eight euro a month after six months, which is very um, low. Half, half a cup of coffee a week. Yeah, well, yeah that's about it, you know. Considering yeah. any of our litter reports, one of the things they're saying is the the coffee cup is always the highest dispensed item left around the county. So. Um, you know, maybe less coffee, more clerical. <laughs> <laughs> might, be, might be the way to go. That'd be the new masthead, yeah. Um, but, yeah but, you know, it's clerical.ie forward slash subscribe and people can get on, but it's yeah. it's well flagged at different stages in the paper as well, yeah. you know, to get there. So. Yeah, I, I said I, I, uh, I, I'm a subscriber myself and uh, just one little criticism is that Sometimes it's hard to see online where we'll say your exclusive stories are. And I think it just might be down to colouring in that they're there, but you know they could maybe be highlighted a bit more. Yeah. And I think it might actually help you get a few more subscriptions because you know it, they could be. Um, you know, not everybody wants to read everything that's in any newspaper, yeah. but you know, there are some of the things that you said, the juicier stuff, the exclusive. <laughs> I might want to read that, and then it started. Why is there only five lines here? You know, yeah, and then yeah. it just needs to be a little bit clearer, maybe. Yeah. To, to yeah. I notice now in the Irish Independent, for example, you see the word premium. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and you know, then it's behind the firewall, yeah. and it should have to be a subscriber to actually get. Irish it. Times. Well, I subscribe to the Clerico as well. I think my six-month low rate is coming to an end soon. If it hasn't already, you're, you're on the half cup of coffee then. Yeah. Time, yeah. So, but yeah. I'm delighted to support you. You know, but I've been subscribing to the Irish Times for years. But you'll see uh, coming up there, kind of uh, subscription only, kind of you know, yeah. the firewall. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose it's the future, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it is, um, and it's always I'd be good friends with all my colleagues in the Clare Champion, and I'd be saying they're mad for giving, asking people to pay for the paper and giving away all their material for free yeah. online. And I think there's online. no sense. I think this is yeah. the way forward. I think yeah. we're one of the first local. Um, outlets yeah. to do it and definitely I think well, that's the future. Well things have to have a value, yeah. you, you know, and we'll say yeah. that the, 
you know, the Echo as a paper is a free paper which is paid for by advertising. But we'll say you're you're providing journalism, mm. and you know that has that has to be paid for. Yeah, there's a value to it. Absolutely, you know. Yeah. So and I, I, yeah. I think you, you know. Though you could, like, I mean, the model of the Clare Echo is, of course, advertising. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why it's a free paper, mm. and and therefore the the advertiser the advertisers are paying for the quality journalism, of which the public benefit. Um, that particular model mightn't work online, would it, Barry? Well, I think I nearly think they're almost two different products completely. Yeah. Um, you know, because your the subscription model is ad-free. If you're a subscriber, you you don't get any ads on your online. Good. So they are very um, two different sides. Yeah, two beasts, things. two yeah. different yeah. sides. Yeah. And, of the and again, you're, you've probably um, uh, the the demographic of people that physically buy a paper versus would read it on their phone or on a tablet. So, yeah. I, you know, the people maybe doing the shopping on the Thursday or Friday are going to, they might pick up, you know, the the, 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 the paper edition. But the, maybe you said maybe some of the younger people, and I know we spoke about this before, your, your coverage of the election mm. uh, in 2020, like the statistics that you had from that, just in relation to, you know, uh, mobile people, you know, fl- re- refreshing, we'll say, the, you know, the, your page versus people sitting at a desktop. Yeah. You know, it was like 90, 10% to 10%. So very interesting. But anyway, listen, we, we, we wish you the very best of luck out, uh, w- with it. And uh, we're better get uh, talking about a few of the articles that, that are in it. And we're going to start with one that uh, you have on uh, page two. And, and we have a little bit of a story in relation to this one as well. But uh, Devs Dodge formally launched. So you tell us about that. Yeah, so um, last week we, we had... Um the, the Eamon de Valera's famous Dodge donated to Clare County Council a number of years ago had been housed by the local studies building um, there by Harmony Row in Ennis, but it now has a new home in the County Museum um, in Clare, so that was the official launch. Obviously every year we have the de Valera commemoration outside his statue at Ennis Courthouse. This year's special guest was Eamon O'Creeve. He's also joined by Jim O'Callaghan, so it was quite interesting in that sense that maybe two of the Maybe Michal Martin's not two biggest supporters within the party were there, and that followed Michal Martin being the special guest last year. So, um, quite interesting. It's all politics in the in the politics, isn't it? In the political parties. I mean, there's lo- there there are pictures somewhere in the paper. Um, isn't it? Isn't Eamon O'Keefe the spit of Dev? Devil, yeah, spit of him. Whereas his 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 gra- his other grandson um, is pictured. Is pictured. Yeah, full page, yeah. Full page, page yeah. 11. Looking at the Dodge. Uh, yeah, sorry, it's actually Porig's article there. The, you can just see the, the grandson, yeah. Uh, the other grandson, who's and namesake, Eamon de Valera, looking into the car and doesn't look at all like him. No. Yeah. No, but speaking of the car now, Tom, you have a little story. I have a little story about Dev's Dodge, and that a friend of mine whose dad was a boarder in Black Rock College in his time. You know, back in the day, and of course, uh, Eamon de Valera was a teacher in Black Rock. You know, before he got involved in politics, I suppose, and all that. But every year, as president, he used to come out to the college on their annual sports day. You know, and arrive in the Dodge and all that. But this, uh, my friend's dad and a couple of his mates, anyway, were looking at the Dodge and it was there. And the keys were in it, and they took it for a little spin around the grounds. You know. I don't know, it's even a possibility that there was a little bit of damage done to it, but <laughs> I know they were expelled from the school over it anyway. You know, <laughs> the school authorities didn't see the funny side of it, whatever, but 
Yeah. Tell no, himself, you know. No, no sense of humour at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no sense of humour. Yeah, no, the Fianna Fáil councillors took it for a spin on Sunday anyway. <laughs> 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 I looked at it, but didn't. Yeah. Who's Simon? Alan McCallan? Uh, no, no, it's the museum. It, it had PJ Ryan actually was involved, councillor PJ Ryan, formerly yeah. was involved in doing up the when the council got a donation, so he used to drive it in the St. Patrick's Day Parade, but there was it was just fully parked on Sunday. There's just looking and no touching. Okay. Will, it, will it be maintained as a... Museum piece. Well, it, well, more as in running order. Well, like, you know, because if it sits there and nobody starts it for the next 20 years, it just won't start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, they will. Um, PJ Ryan has been heavily involved in that, so the plan is that it's, it's nearly going to be wheeled out for a re Patrick's Day Parade and right. stuff like that. Right, right, right. There was a big um, thing on in, in Gloria a few years ago as well, and they had a fact about what side of the country. Door and the wall, and PJ Lane was there. He was like, he was all dressed up Very good. So, so, <laughs> so you're basically saying it's PJ's Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> PJ, PJ's Dodge. Very yeah, good. Page right. never there, you have a full page all about David David, there's a statue, and uh, we're looking at these, they're uh, reciting the. An oration of types. Yes, I, 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 I see the mayor, I see the mural chain there in the bottom picture there. Yeah, yeah. So. Tony is there as well. Yeah, you Petty and Carl Crow, Jim O'Kelly, and Tony O'Brien. There was talk today of um, a Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil pact at the next election. Do you think these Fianna Fáilers there would support that pact? A pact, an exchange, an exchange. You vote number one and you vote Fine Gael number two. They'd want to be, they'd probably wait, they'd want to wait another while. There's two more years to go. That's going to be a lot of change. They're good. So we're not going to have an election for two years, are we? Yeah, we're not going to have an election for two years. I don't think so. Well, now we. We might be talking about someone not from Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael, but who's not a good friend of Pat's now. We'll talk about him in a few minutes. But before 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 we do, Porik, uh, you have <laughs> the main uh, page one article on the Echo this week, and it's young people leaving Clare in their droves, and it is also on uh, page, page eight, eight, I think. Yeah. So. Tell us, uh, I presume there's a bit of anecdotal evidence and... Yeah, a lot of anecdotal evidence if you go to any part of Clare, uh, the young people are um, going away for, for multiple reasons. The, among the commonly cited ones from the people we spoke to, it's frustration in trying to get on the property ladder, um, you know, experience different cultures um, and just to get away, better pay, better working conditions, better work-life balance. Um, and then we also spoke with Joe Robbins of Career Rise Recruitment based in Shannon and he said, um, you know, he's the one who, he's seeing it directly that employers are struggling to find positions, young graduates are going and um, for all those reasons he says accommodation is the big thing. Um, obviously we have the arrival of Ukrainian refugees which has taken more accommodation um, off the market as well um, and it's really going to, as we are going to see, we're seeing it in every, you go on social media anytime you'll see there's going away Bon Voyage party for someone in, in different parts of Clare. But you'll also see it, I think, next year, particularly with GAA teams. We're seeing in West Clare, particularly, there's a lot more amalgamations and a lot more divisional teams. And that's maybe a, a way for the future. That's probably going to happen. But there was even meetings held. I think in that's the, a reality, isn't it? But there was meetings held in, in, in a couple of, one in particular, GAA football club in West Clare met in the last two weeks with the regards of they only have one adult football team. They've known underage at the minute and they're probably going to have to look at amalgamating um, for next year because they've lost about five. Of their seat, of their of their main adult team. Where are these young people going to, Mark? Well, Australia is, is proven to be very popular at the minute, yeah. um, and then Canada, America, London, Dubai. Yeah. 
and different sectors. A lot of them are graduates, teachers, nurses, um, yeah. and then you know people and in yes, construction. And here on the is the national media during the week. There must be English census figures that in 1961 there was maybe two thirds of a million people in the UK that were Irish born, and that's down to nearly half of that. No. Mm -hmm. Or say, no, there's two of my family living and working in London for years now, and a lot of their friends have gone over there, but the, the next generation seems to be going further to, as you said, to Australia, is it? And yeah, further, but it's yeah. it's the sense of how long they'll stay. Will they yeah. settle there permanently? I don't think so. I think they'll come some back. Will. They stay. Some, some will. Some will yeah. But, but, uh, yeah. but you see, I think that's the point, that um, people do want to go away for a small period. Um, they want many of my graduate, uh, graduates in UL. I asked them, you know, what are your plans now? They're in their final year. What are your plans? Uh, one of them said, I'm going to marry a, a, an Arab sheikh. Um, but she did say she was going to Dubai um, to teach English. An enormous amount of them go up, go abroad. Now they do come back because they're there. They make a bit of money and they and they come back. It's not a long-term proposition. It's really. not. It's not. Yeah. And that's only a very sudden. Uh, sort of 21, 22 year old. Yeah. I think the type of people that Porig is talking about are probably a little bit old, maybe in their late 20s, early 30s, mid, maybe. Mid, mid 20s to, mid to 20s. early 30s. Graduates yeah. in most cases. Graduates in yeah. most cases. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's probably the property ladder is, is a big factor for them that they just, it's even hard to find rental accommodation, but it's probably also employment. Like in Clare, I presume, there was always people leaving the county to find work, whether it was in Dublin, Cork, Limerick, um, but now they're going further afield, I suppose. Yeah, I see Porrick will say on your article there on page 8, there's a research carried out by Red Sea on behalf of the National Youth Council, and it says that more than 7 in 10 young people aged 18 to 24 are considering moving abroad because they think they would enjoy a better quality of life elsewhere. That's not a great... Um, portent of things to come in mm. a number of years mm. if, if mm. seven out of ten of you know your but that's you know the, the hills are, are always green far away you know that's We're true my two lads are in canada and that right yeah. yeah and uh well i'll take one of them's going to say they're, they're, they're trying to come back on if he talks it's hard to one that could, that could change too but they, they, they're, they're in, in apartments over there and they have those, i know that michael's in an apartment over there it's the same be similar to maybe the well, I don't know whether it's going to be cheaper than what is here now, but um, they have they have a gym in it, a communal gym in it, and they have a open roof, there's a, a swimming pool that you can use. Life you is would, good over there, then you would just swim here, you know, to the shining or something like that. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sure what's wrong with that, <laughs> but 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 Pat, they moved away for work, was it? Was that the primary reason? But they were always probably going when to go. They, they were either going to Dublin or yeah. Canada or England <laughs> or, or somewhere. Yeah. 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 They so they, they wouldn't be staying local anyway, would they? No. Probably yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. 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 But there's a feeling as well. I just spoke to about three um, from Clare that um, got back to me on, on, on queries, and there's a feeling that they're not even. There's just a bit of an anger and frustration among young people that they're not valued properly by the government. Even like talk to the nurses, the student nurses, and like Leo Veredker spoke in one of his pandemic speeches that you know not all heroes wear capes, some wear gowns. But yet, yeah. what's been done on nurses' pay yeah. for yeah. student nurses, um, and that's something that's actually going to be brought up, I think, at the what next. What about the junior doctors? You know, yeah. the hours that expected to work here. Yeah. I guess 
civilizers in yeah. Australia. Well, 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 exactly. And I, there was a primetime special there a couple of weeks ago which highlighted that exact issue. And there was one junior doctor about to go to Australia. So the doctors and nurses were definitely going to leave the county anyway. Okay, we'll move on a little bit and we're going to go to page 10 of the Echo Park and Ulster Bank to begin freezing accounts. So, this is basically where Ulster Bank are bailing out, pardon the pun. And uh, you... They're leaving the county as well. Yeah, they're, they're leaving. Yeah. And uh, they've uh, closed in, I think, is it 25 branches, I think, uh, we'll say, that are going to close in January. So basically, there's a bit of an uh, amalgamation going on. Uh, but you basically have to get rid of your Ulster Bank account and go somewhere else. That's it, yeah. And um, as we were saying before, we went on here, surprising that a lot of people are, are leaving it so late. Um, this isn't really new news. We knew the, the closures were coming. Mm. Um, and what's probably going to be interesting is what happens with the premises. Permanent TSB are taking over a lot of them. But um, some of them then are going to be left vacant. What's going to happen with them? Yeah. Um, the joke in Ennis is that the, they don't know what's going to happen. So I suggested it's possibly going to become a care park because that seems to happen with any potentially vacant site in Ennis is suggested to be a care <laughs> it park. Turn it into a car park. <laughs> <laughs> but the Ulster Bank in Ennis is quite a prominent site. It's yeah. there in the middle of the, it's there near the O'Connell statue there at O'Connell yeah. Street. And uh, it's quite, it's an ugly looking building, but um, it's prominent a prime position. site. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. And I, I suppose I should just yeah. refer that we'll say the advertising side of things, uh, there's a bit of money in it for you this week, Paul, because the Ulster Bank have a big, a big uh, ad on page 11, basically saying that they're closing. Uh, so the, the branches that they're, they're closing, closing down as well. So. But am I right in thinking, Porig, we're talking about thousands and nationwide thousands of accounts still not transferred from Ulster Bank, and many of those will be frozen now. Yeah. yeah. So, so if there are listeners out there who have, um, who have an Ulster Bank account, go and sort yourself out because you won't get access to your money or you, you probably will but it'll be a bit of a rigmarole a to get it unfrozen. My fear would be that it might be older people that wouldn't be tech savvy that could be yeah. affected by this more than yeah. younger generation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and if they are the people time then they need to get into stores as quick as possible because once the stores close they'll have to go online. Yes. Yeah. You know, the yeah. person will be there yeah. while the stores are open so yeah. Yeah. they need to move swiftly. Yeah, okay. Right. Uh, Two weeks in a row, Shannon Airport didn't, and Shannon didn't get a mention here, I'd say, which is a world record. But uh, I was going to say, were we going to go for the three in a row? And Porik, you said no, there's articles to discuss this week. So tell, tell us about it. Yeah, well, I said once uh, I got the nod that I was appearing and I heard you hadn't discussed Shannon Airport, I said I'd make sure there was that. <laughs> yes, I see p- page, 20, uh, page 20 here is uh, Airport Marketing Campaign, Shannon Airport's role to expand. So tell us all about it. Yeah, the one I, I suppose we're talking about maybe is the, the Road to expand under the National Aviation Plan, and that's exclusive lines from the Minister for Transport himself, Eamon Ryan. Um, uh, we'll, we'll come back and talk about him in, pa- in part yeah. two. So, but uh, yes, he, he was around the county last weekend. He was, yeah, he was uh, clocking up the miles um, in Clare. Um, interestingly enough, a lot of talk about Twitter and Elon Musk and the Tesla, but Eamon Ryan's crew, two cares, both Teslas. Um, when they pulled into Killaloo last week, but I when yeah, I got no Nissan leaves this time. He's turning up late, so yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just the national aviation plan is is due to be discussed and debated, um, and obviously the statistics sticking out in my head is that of the air traffic in Ireland, eighty seven percent all flying into Dublin Airport, leaving the remainder of our airports scrambling for the thirteen percent, and everyone has seen the difficulties Dublin had at the start of this year around Easter time, um, so that, like that was clearly the need to maybe 
redefine it and reevaluate it and distribute it a bit fairer. So I just asked the question to him and Ryan when he was there, is that going to happen? And he's he's keen that, that there is a better rebalance of it um, among the airports and Senator Roshan Garvey, while she was in Clare County Council, always put forward the argument that the emissions for flights, transatlantic flights particularly, are less when they fly into Shannon than when they fly all the way over to Dublin. So um, the Green Party, if he is, while he is Minister for Transport, it could be positive for Shannon Airport in terms of rebalance as opposed to a minister from the Pale or Cork. Yeah. I'd say now the amount of emissions you might save between Shannon and Dublin wouldn't be very large. But to what extent, Porig, do you think a minister or a government can actually drive this plan when it really is down to the airlines? It's, it's down to the airlines, but if there's particular criteria and quotas in place yeah. that X amount of traffic has to go here, yeah. if it's dictated by state policy, then they have, they have to apply to but if you say to Ryanair, listen, you have to take 50% of your, well, let's say 10% even of your flights from Dublin to Shannon, they'll say, oh, we're not putting them on so, we won't make any money out of it. David, now, as you would always allude to, show me the money. It is. It's show me the money. And if they incentivise it, like they would incentivise a local bus service, of course Ryanair would be happy. Um, and if, if you cut airport taxes, Ryanair would be even happier. Absolutely. But I think it's up to government and the Department of Transport to make it happen. Um, there's been enough talk about Project Ireland 2040 and the need for rebalancing Ireland outside of Dublin. Um, and one easy win for them is to maybe redistribute the air traffic in Ireland a bit more evenly among all the airports. Do you think we have too many airports, Paul? We probably do, but we're not utilising the ones that we have. Yeah. You know, I would shut down Knox straight away. No, well, it, there's room for it. I know friends of mine live in uh, Turbo Curry and Sligo and they their holidays, but sure, I love to, Knock, we all love to have road. an airport beside our yeah. door, don't we? Yeah, yeah. But there's uh, I think Ryanair would be the principal one there, but they yeah. have flights to the UK and flights to yeah. various places in the continent, and they're being used, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so they're taking flights from Shannon. Yeah. Well, yeah, you we could say more, that. More flights. As is Kerry, Kerry Airport. Yeah. yeah. Small, tiny places and of course compared to the very big you're, Shannon you're, Airport and, of course, Cork Airport. Your native county, yes. Cork has uh, quite a bit of traffic as well. It know. does. Large, yeah. A good, good big population down there, you see. Yeah. But the, the beauty of Shannon Airport, and I had the misfortune to experience going through Dublin Airport recently. Uh, we were, went out for a bit of R&R &R out of the country. We came back in late on Saturday night. Our flight was delayed and we came in. We were the last flight landing in Dublin Airport that night, an Aer Lingus flight. And there was two Aer Lingus flights in front of us, but they only had one ground crew operating uh, air bridge. Yeah. So we had to yeah. sit in the airplane for yeah. nearly an hour. Oh, God. Yeah. So I said, in future, Shannon, Shannon, Shannon. number one. Spain, uh, don't mention this. <laughs> That's me. Hi, Jim. I was, I was talking to. I was, there was a, a lady from. We got just talking to a couple of women and they were from Sligo. Yeah. But they were going through Dublin. And they, they are, uh, a window trying to get through. Yeah. So I said, when did she go to Knock? She said, there weren't flights from Knock. And I said, when did she go to Shannon? So well, she, she didn't have been able to talk to that. 
Is there a scarf bay villa over in Spain? <laughs> <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder myself. David, I think we're missing out here. We are. Uh, we are. Yeah, we have to serve our time longer. Indeed. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move on a little bit. Uh, and Pat, this is where now where, uh, you're, you're not best buddies with Eamon Ryan, I think it's, it's, it's fair to say. And, and uh, one of his uh, trips would say it's, it's referred to there in uh, just on page two. Uh, of the champion. Uh, no prospect of ne next phase of NDR, which is the Northern Distributor Road, we'll say, which sort of mainly affects uh, Limerick, but it, it comes into, we'll say, the Southeast uh, Clare uh, as well, and could technically affect uh, UL as well, Dave, mm, as well, mm, we'll say, mm, plans mm. for expansion there. So tell us a little bit about that, Pat. Yeah, in the mind, says that he's, into, he's no notion of uh, giving any money for, th for the foreseeable future. He might be there for the next two years anyway, after that, and there could be someone else, someone else might, might change their mind. But um, on, uh, when he was down in, um, in Killaloo there last week, he, he said that there was no, no hope of um, giving additional money to, to do the Northern District Road. Um, and perhaps not one. Not one elected representative yeah, raised the matter uh, with uh, him, uh, seemingly. Well, I what see, does that say? I see Tony O'Brien was, was uh, given out on the papers about it. I'm sure he had a golden opportunity to actually speak to the yeah, minister he, if he felt sure, so strongly. There's a picture of him shaking his hand on and page two. And they look two very friendly, don't so, yeah. they? Of course, Tony's main priority is that little bridge in Killaloo is supposed to Which we'll talk about in part two. <laughs> okay, yeah. right. Well, it was only that, that pure reason, because I heard them all on the airwaves giving out about the LNDR. And then I presumed when I was talking to him and Ryan that he was going to have his ear burnt prior to that yeah. from politicians saying it to him. And then I said, I presume you've got loads of criticism about it, Eamon, from elected representative and he informed me that not one of them decided to raise it with him. So um, that was quite What do you make of that? Like, like are, they, are local politicians then only producing sound bites for your newspaper, for the Clare Champion, and for people like us on SBCR? Well, um, it, it, was, it wasn't just local politicians as well, because it was um, our TDs, a couple of TDs said it, and they were there. Um, maybe they wanted to wait till after the photograph, so it was all smiles. <laughs> but, um, well, well in, in fairness to our uh, elected members of the Kildu Municipal District, not huge, a huge concern to them. Uh, the TDs, was there. I see uh, Alan, but, Ke but, Alan but, Kelly and a few others. But how far does the Killaloo Municipal District go down to? Is that is the is the the Parteen, Is that a different uh, municipal? Oh, okay. So they wouldn't have been invited, but would they, from, to this from one? For the sake of it being a link with UL, a lot of students in East Clare going to UL. So yeah, from that side yeah. of it, there's yeah. a link, and of course. Listen, yeah. I go down myself that way. That's the way I go. So I'd be hoping my elected representatives um, would be talking to him about it anyway. Okay, right, listen, we'll he, come says he, he says he's got to be in a, a, a railway station in my house and um, put in all these, and he's going to, David, he's going to, your favourite, he's going to be in a track out to Shannon. Well, that's right, yeah. But that, I think that's a good idea. That's a good idea, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. His argument on it is the he said Limerick and Shannon that the transport network there can just be brought up to standard without bringing in the L and He yeah. thinks what's there just be, make better use of your rail and your bus. Um, well, uh, Limerick would certainly, I think, in the future it might not entirely justify it now in terms of its population size, but in the future. 
just as Cork has its kind of a, 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 a rail service out to Cove and so on. Um, Limerick, Shannon, that link, and on to Ennis, Ennis and Limerick is already uh, connected and is a popular enough um, How close does the, the existing rail link go to UL? It doesn't come that close, no. but it, a spur could easily be, and Castle Troy is a very large suburb. It is, it is. Um, and a light rail system there would be very popular. I mean, the bus services are always full up. Yeah. Okay, right, again, I said my timekeeping is getting worse now. I said the more you that are around here. There's one last bit I want to talk about before we go to part part two. Uh, page 16, uh, Porrick in the Echo. ESB to announce Equinor replacement in the near future. John S. and myself have long lamented uh, the issues that uh, uh, have taken place in relation to offshore energy in, in this country, and uh, I'd say I've burnt your ear on one or two occasions in, in relation to it as well. And it's also, uh, I, I noticed there's an ad in the, uh, what did you say to me, David? The living pa section. Page 12 of the living section. Yeah. And I think this is a fair indicator of it. Uh, public consulta consultation, section 19 of the Foreshore Act, and uh, notice is hereby given pursuant to section 19 of the Foreshore Act, 1933 is amended. God, they were visionaries back in the day. Yeah, all, they I, thought that there must be some wind out there. I, 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 I don't think there was too many lads sort of uh, <laughs> looking to invent a wind farm back then offshore. But uh, anyway, Clara's Offshore Wind Farm has applied to the Minister of Housing, Local Government and Heritage for licence under the Foreshore Act, 1933 is amended. Uh, no, there's lots of other bits there in relation to other le legislation that hasn't been reenacted. But uh, part of it is uh, the, this tongue twister: the 50 million euro synchronous compensator. I had to study the study uh, study it there uh, well. And there's a few pictures of him and Ryan visiting Money Point and various hands being uh, waved on, on your uh, feature there on page 16 as well as part of Green, Greener Flare. Um, Eamon Ryan said he was down our neck of the woods on Thursday and he was also over in Money Point as well. Um, he had a few things to say there. Yeah, just a quick one on that. Um, he upset one or two, one Fianna Fáil TD and Carl Crow by not letting him know he was in Money Point on Friday. So maybe Carl was waiting until Friday to ask about the LNDR. <laughs> <laughs> I can't confirm that. <laughs> but um, almost, the TDs are very sensitive, aren't very, they? Very. Um, so it's almost a year since Equinor pulled out that he was actually down and very hopeful he was what he was speaking about at that. Um, he said the ESB have been involved in long negotiations with people they've had 12 months or so and there's about seven or eight partners that have expressed an interest in it and they're going to pick the best one and go with that. So he says the famous word that I've heard be say on the local media show many times on different announcement, announcement is imminent I believe. Um, <laughs> but again the potential for offshore renewable energy they've said West Clare could be the Aberdeen in that sector um, yeah. and there is massive potential there just the pace of which almost Shannon finds is, is ahead of what Money Point could be um, and Eamon Ryan is saying that Money Point could be a world leader even with the, the, the infrastructure that's there and being developed with the Green Atlantic the ESB project is is very um, highly thought of by people in the energy sector so it's um, just needs to be moving quicker. Yeah, yeah he was down in, he was in fines that year as well, wasn't he? Yeah. So the, the, I said the fines sports authority are probably ahead uh, of the tech. And, and, uh, they had a good presentation, I believe, that they yeah. sort of gave down there as well, you know, yeah. and I suppose you, you could argue with the estuary. Now, look, we say, okay, if, if the love is shared equally, we won't complain too much, but we said there's plenty, there's plenty of uh, room and area to put it out. But again, uh, Minister, you know, Ryan, it's his department, 
are responsible for getting their acting gear and getting this legislation enacted and they've been in government for a few years and I don't see huge movement yet, as of yet in relation to it. And the fact, Porik, that, you know, as you said, it's a year ago since Equinor pulled out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you know, where, where are we now? Like? That's the worry, like, that lesson, have the lessons been learned from the Equinor pullout? That, you know, they pulled out because things were moving so slowly, isn't that right, Paul? And not just Equinor, Shell pulled out as well because the, the guidelines, regulations were outdated. Yeah. So you have two of the big players yeah. citing the same reason for going, yeah. and it wasn't the kick. Yeah. Um, to get people in gear, really, um, which is a bit of a concern from just for you know our own parochial head that we'd like money point to, to benefit from it and to give it. Yeah, well, but the infrastructure that's there, to, to me, it's a bit of a no-brainer. Well, well at least, Luke, as you've mentioned at the start, the, start, the synchronous compensator has been installed, it's, ready, it's being tested at the moment. So at least that's a key piece of the infrastructure for money point to, to convert. What, what does it actually do, Porik? And it costs 50 million. I'd like to put Porik on the spot there. We'll figure out the money in a minute. It does a lot and there's a fantastic... <laughs> you, you have 30 seconds, Porik. <laughs> I couldn't possibly say in 30 yeah. seconds. It, it, it helps to smooth things out, I think, in relation to energy that's created for the grid because it, it has to be kept at 50 hertz. Um, right. All the energy, but like a fine-tuned great. engine, it yeah, has to be kept I, I, to the and, and I think it's basically you, it's the it's the link between fossil fuels and renewables. It sort of keeps things move, moving there right. swiftly. Right. Now, speaking of swiftly, I've to we've enough hot air spoken about in the first half. Pat, uh, half time music. Who's alive or dead this week? <laughs> or what are we what are we celebrating? Well, Joni Mitchell. She was seventy-nine and nonetheless, she's a Canadian. Singer-songwriter, so we're on both sides now. Oh, but I've both sides now. Very appropriate. Exactly. Very, very appropriate. That's the money point side of the finance. Welcome back to the media show and a bit of a impressive music there by Joni Mitchell. Now, we are moving on to East Clare and Pat, we're going to start with you, page two of the living. Uh, there's a namesake of your own down in Broadford. Yeah, Pat O'Brien in Broadford and then then, then I was the story there on page two. A retired South East Clare primary school teacher has provided a wealth of information for future generations about his native place in a new, new local history book. Broadford Parish is... Um, a consequence of its, of its colourful history, which Pat O'Brien, 68, felt should recognise and celebrate it. Walford Parish, 1800 to 1850, the history of the rural county Clare Parish during the eventful time uh, comprises of 650 pages illustrated with images particularly of local significance. The book, which is, is an expensive undertaking, is published by his wife, Caroline O'Brien. This, the Celtic bookshop tour road constraints like on high quality paper and is issued in, in editions of 300 hardbound copies with dust wrappers. So it is a, a, a book, he's um, a great historian, and he, he taught in for, for a long number of years. 
and um, he has come, really come back into... Yes, and Jim and John S. have Jim and John S. have really gone to on the chat of chronicle there, and he, 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 it was very interesting. Like, the, the, and I'm sure we'll have him on again. Uh, what, what going to, so, um, the book is published. So. The, book, the book is on sale anyway, and uh, I suppose you can contact Pat on the, 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 the bookshop in Limerick. He's a brother of Tony's, isn't he? He's a brother of Tony's. He's, 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 he's a big fan of him. There was yeah. nine of them in it, yeah. Right. yeah. Fair, fair enough. Right, now we're going to move on, uh, as we said, to uh, the East Clare uh, page. But we've referred to it over the last few weeks, and uh, there's the East and South East Clare page in the champion. But Boric, um, a new initiative we'll say from yourselves in recent times is the East Clare page in the Echo. So tell us about it. Yeah, it's um it's a long time coming to be honest. It's something I've been looking to get for a while, so it's great to have the regional pages and to give them a bit of a focus. So the eagle-eyed readers might have noticed that that's in and what was the community pages are gone. Okay. Um, yeah. So there, it's kind of a replacement to that. So um, yeah. I, but, but but again, I suppose we'd say for you know, uh, if the county is divided north, south, east, west, you know, I said Shannon has its page, Claire or Ennis has its page, and the Westies have their page, and now the Easties have their page. So, yeah. yeah. So the the West, North, and East pages came in. The Ennis page came back. So um, obviously the Shannon page has kind of stayed there because it has a sponsor on it. So if there's any. Yeah. East Clare business that's willing to part of their cash to sponsor that page would be much appreciated. There we are now. We'll say there's an opportunity if you're listening. Yeah, the shout house has been given, and we'll say we're going to refer to um, uh, an article, Boric, that you have here. We said we alluded to it earlier, and there's more photographs, and uh, there was a bit of a clay being thrown. Was a clay or gravel being thrown into the air? Uh, the launch of uh, the official launch of the Killaloo bypass, and this happened last Thursday. So. Thursday, so we were down at the, the site office, John Sist's site office in Killaloo, where the, the bridge is going to start off and the, and the work is going to start. So just maybe a bit of behind the scenes info, which your readers of the papers won't get, is um, we had Tony O'Ryan lifting, trying to lift the first bit of sod, and then Roger Kennedy, and the common consensus was the Tipperary mayor was better at lifting and more used to using the shovel. <laughs> um, and then after that, the, for the photographs we had, Tony went first, then Roger Kennedy and Eamon Ryan quipped that, I'll just fill it in. So he, he put it in, it, rather than lifting it, but yeah. the photographer made him go again. But, um, Fair enough. He, I suppose Tony would say he'd want to be driving on it, we'll say, yeah. his history of driving buses, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. But um, definitely an exciting time, as they said, a, a landmark, all those words be thrown out, momentous landmark, exciting yeah. future for, for Killaloo Bypass. And the cost earmarked at 44 million, but set to rise further yeah. than that. You know, Gavin Ryan in one photograph filing clay to the air, and you Tony O'Brien in the step shack, and he, he filed the big solid to the air. Yeah. Well, it's just. I suppose they were, they were competing, you know, which one filed up the highest. I suppose, yeah, that it's better than sort of blowing hot air like what a lot of other politicians <laughs> have blown about it over, over a, a, a large number of years. But, but it is good to uh, see that it's finally started pouring. Have they given any indicative timelines? Um, as to when it may be finished, because we were initially told it was going to be a three-year project, which I think technically uh, the clock started ticking back in March or April. Mm. Um, so is that still on three, the agenda? Three years is still is still the the target. Yeah, that they and we'd say they did they give any indicator in relation to I suppose for anyone we'll say from this neck of the woods that would be going to Limerick, what we call by the back road, aka by via Killaloo, because. Uh, the the bridge is coming out that side, and there is a road that will be coming out to meet the Killaloo road. You know, so there there is naturally going to be, you'd imagine, severe enough traffic disruptions. We say while that phase is going on. Yeah, no, the specifics weren't given, but Chief Executive of Clare County Council Pat Dowling said there is going to be short term pain 
for the people so there are going to be disruptions but short-term pain for long-term gain is what he said um, so well I'm already experiencing that pain because and I keep forgetting their bloody roadworks there um, but there are traffic lights already uh, you know it's a one-way system at particular points on the bird hill side that's when I go into work that way too you know yeah. and they're, they're widening the road and removing some of the uh, telegraph poles. There. And on Saturday, I think, they had the road completely blocked and shut down. No notice. And that I saw anyway. And you're diverted then up um, up the small, I don't know what 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 road that's called. As if called. you're going to Nina. As if you're going to Nina, yeah. the Nina Road yeah. and then around. I was heading for Limerick. It was yes. no good for me. But no. So a lot of short-term pain. Um, I just need to remember not to go that way. <laughs> Yeah. It looks like there'll be done in three sections, probably. Um, well, there's three different projects that you have the Killaloo yeah, project, yeah, yeah. the, the Killaloo bypass, the Shannon Bridge crossing, and then the, the, the road upgrade okay. on the back. And it's kept a contract for the whole lot with yeah. Porig. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. And do you know, Porig, if, if they'll do the roads first and then the bridge, or will the bridge arrive, sit there for a while, and then they do the roads? Any idea? They, have, they didn't, again, give the specifics mm. on that, but I'd imagine it wouldn't be that way. Uh, you know, I'd say the bridge would probably be the last thing would be my Right, guess. right, right. Yeah. Well, sure, we've three years to find out. We've probably stuck in traffic looking at it. So Joe Higgins, they approached to give new lease of life to twin communities, and then, then our story. Tourism yeah. is important, but it's, it's for local people that we, we, we do this uh, in line. And it? Alan Kelly had something interesting to say, Pat. Yeah. That's yeah, the TD. My grandparents wanted this bridge. So is the implication is we've been waiting yeah. two generations, three generations for it. So we have to thank Labour for getting the bridge. Is that, is that eventually, <laughs> even though they're not in government? Morris <laughs> wants the exciting future predicted as killed by that. That was a hit. Yeah, exactly. So, right, no, no, speaking of plowing head, Pat, uh, underneath that there, uh, there's another uh, headline, safety is paramount, and this refers to over your neck of the woods, and speeding outside the National School of yeah. Playground in Kilkishan. And that headline must be over Ramsdale, anyway, and this is the, the, the chaos of, uh, of speeding there past the school. I suppose, uh, suppose this uh, is a concern, right, because you have a... You have a you have the playground at one side and you have the school at the other and maybe it is a, maybe it is a, a need, needs, needs uh, traffic to slow down. Where would that be brought up, Porrick? Is that at the that, that municipal at, district? No, yeah, district. They brought up at the Killoo Municipal District, but the speed surveys have been done because he's tabled a couple of motions on it and any time a speed survey is done, there's no sign of speeding in Kilkishan. So maybe if people think there's a speed survey being done the whole time in Kilkishan, they won't speed at all. Or, 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 or is, is the councillor getting it wrong? Is he listening to locals and the locals think everybody is speeding? And in fact, they're not. I think Pat O'Brien would be best place to answer Well, that Pat. Question. I don't know why <laughs> Pat, Pat wouldn't be speeding through his own neck of the woods anyway. No, I'm not even in Kikishan, so I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but you'd pass through, Pat. I'd pass through, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I suppose maybe at morning time and evening time, people. But like, there's always. Especially in the morning. There's always one. Yeah, um, but the, would one would one justify? But the, uh, uh, the school, the school wouldn't be the school road wouldn't be um, a main road. It's just yeah. a side road. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. Maybe 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 there is. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Well, listen. We'll, we'll move from Kilkishan, Tom, and uh, I'm going to come to you now because uh, we're going to go to page 13 of the Champion. And uh, Fiona McGarry has an article: Developers move to allay concerns over Tom Grady Holmes' proposal. Yeah, that's uh, down uh, the road down to Redden's Key there. There's been a uh, pending application in there for the last couple of months there to build, is it 52 houses or yeah. something? Yeah. That's and 
on the there's some doubt quotes. It was sent out for further information, yeah. and uh, 210 pages of further information were sent back in. So yeah, yeah. it's a it's a pretty serious um, application, all right. Mm. It's a massive development for the area. Yeah, 52 houses. There, there were very, there were a lot of concerns um, initially around around uh, the density. I think was one, but also the access, the road access, because yeah. even though there is a nice road there, it's it's narrow in places. But I, um, I just see a piece here. Planners raise concerns over the width and general condition of the, this is L41341 road, which is the one that goes out to the Keys there, which serves the site as well as the existing footpath network and sidelines at the junction with, that's the junction of Jumbrady with the R463. Yeah, well there, there isn't much of a footpath on that road. There's no, nothing, no, there's no, there's no footpath. But in response, agents for the developer outlined that they met the Killaloo Municipal District Engineer and both parties are, wait for it, now agreed that sufficient road width was there to provide for an improved road access. So. The, the, the council, it suggests that the council engineers, or at least one of them, have changed their mind on the matter because back six or eight weeks ago, that was the key issue. Yeah. Is it on the left or the right going down that road now, that side? Uh, on the right. On the right hand side. Halfway down on the right hand side. And uh, see, I just see. Well, it, won't, it won't be coming from the road down, it's not, it's not coming up to the main road. No, no, no. No. I, I see uh, uh, the last uh, paragraph there says a revised planning decision date of December 20th has been issued by Clare County Council. So it could either be a happy Christmas present or a not so happy Christmas present. Depending on your viewpoint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's my, my opinion, I'd love to see 52 houses being built in okay, hands meals. <laughs> so you'd be crying out. Well, 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 when, the, you, the, when you get your wastewater treatment facility. Yeah, well, they, they put, I thought you made me get in very bad. Here, you'll be like Alan Kelly, you'll be talking about your grandparents. <laughs> I probably won't be around there. Well, I, I suppose the thing about it is, Park, and um, you, you cover the whole county, um, obviously. Housing developments in rural Clare. There's not many of them that aren't, we'll say, been initiated, we'll say, by the council or the government or, you know, for social housing. So, you know, what thoughts would you have in relation well, to it? Yeah, there's a dearth of, I suppose, affordable housing. Like, the mix seems to be often that's been something brought up a lot at Clare County Council meeting, that it's nearly more social housing as opposed to a mix between affordable private housing and social housing. Yeah. Like, even there was a story that came out Thursday morning of this week from the Irish Daily Mail that the government's housing for all targets for 2030 are going to be fall short by 65,000 already, mm. um, which is a concern. So, like, their ho housing is needed everywhere in Clare. Dave alluded at there about the wastewater treatment plant. That's two thirds of Clare villages from the county development plan, which is going to yeah. be passed in April of next year that won't be able to develop houses. So again, like we are front the front page story clear for this week about young people leaving. That's only going to accelerate yeah. if those areas haven't the provision for housing. Yeah, and, and we'll say the younger people aren't going to be buying four and five bedroom houses, you know, starting off. Mm. So they'll be looking for, you know, maybe three bed semis mm. or stuff like that. Yeah, and I, I suppose look, there, there's an argument for it, but uh, if we're trying to keep people living in rural Clare, development is needed in our town, towns and villages. You know, to keep the schools going, keep everything. It is, it is. Houses are needed, I suppose. Families are needed in all yeah. communities. You always, you always need people in moving into, into 
Interlord aliens and general. Yeah. Anyway, right, listen, I, I, I see, uh, Porrick, uh, you have uh, Claire Horror, David McInerney, scooped a jackpot into the lotto. So uh, he's probably disappointed that it's only 2,600. Because I, I, I know myself, passing by on occasions, I've seen it up around 10 or 15. So. Well, no, also, also 20. Oh, oh, a good plug, Pat. Well done, well done. Have you tickets for a fan? <laughs> You can go online, Tom. You can go online. <laughs> and listeners, that wasn't set up. That was all natural. <laughs> right. Um, just uh, in, in the champion there as well, uh, performance in Tidy Town's competition is praised. And, and again, uh, I suppose Parag would say Ennis won the national prize uh, last year. And um, I suppose we ran about the, the areas out our side. Notable that there was only, I think, four medals, four or five medals handed out in Clare this year. Bit disappointing in one way, but uh, it's been spoken about before that the tidy towns competition, as was and what it is now, isn't necessarily what it used to be. It's sort of gone a bit more biodiverse aware, and it's not about sort of you know uh, having the grass cut and all that type. Oh, of yeah, stuff. There's, there's huge aspects to like from different speaking to different tidy towns group. They have a folder of work yeah. to put in with their submissions, yeah. and it's on. The amount of media coverage they got, what mm. they're doing for yeah. biodiversity, pollution, everything. There's, there's huge, yeah, yeah. it's um, and it's a t it's a big ask of a volunteers to do it. And I think mm. you know the tidy towns volunteers are nearly the best of volunteers in in our communities. Um, and the work they do is fantastic. Now, not many medals brought back to clear, but a lot of improvements across the board for for different areas. Very few that wouldn't have have done as well as they had in previous years, which is good. And you're nearly seeing. From what I'm hearing is the volunteerism in these groups has increased since the pandemic. Oh, that, There's a lot of people okay. getting involved in Tiger Towns yeah, and yeah. this pride of place. Well, there was during that during the COVID years we began to notice our local places again. Just Porig mentioned the improvements in local places for those interested. Scarif scored 317 points up from 303 it had secured in 2021. Judges commended the local committee's use of the media to get its message out, particularly Scariff Bay Community Radio. The Riverside Park was described as, quote, a wonderful amenity, and it is a wonder, I, I use it quite a lot. And Luke, our own neck of the woods, Tomb Graney, scored 347, so we've beaten Scariff. Um, as per usual. As per usual. Up from 335 in 2021, it was congratulated on the completion of, quote, the beautiful Memorial Park. Yeah, and so we've all been trailing in the the footsteps of uh, Mount Shannon for years, Tom, you know. So yeah, but you're ahead of Mount Shannon now. This stage. Mount Shannon got 340 points. Yeah, I, th I think that's probably yeah. the first time that that, that has happened, yeah. you know. But, but anyway, listen to what it is. Look, Mount Shannon for years hasn't, or sorry, Chungrini for years hasn't been that far off the mark, really, for yeah. major prizes, has it? Uh, it says here too, the planned new Holy Island Visitor Experience Centre was described as, quote, an exciting project that will add a new dimension to the life of Mount Shannon. And a perfect tie-in to sort of the breaking news, we'll say, as we're recording on today, Thursday, and broadcasting on Sunday. And uh, it's in relation to, uh, there's a development in Kilrush, and there's also news on uh, development, we'll say, for Holy Island. Uh, and as the man says, I, I alluded to it earlier, show me the money. The money has been shown for. 7.5 million of it, yeah, between Holy Island, the Inish Kalsha Visitor Centre, and then the development of a Maritime Training Centre slash offshore renewable research base at Kilrush Marina. So 3.9 million at Holy Island and 3.5 million then at the Kilrush Marina. So just a bit of detail on the Holy Island one. It is going to, or is earmarked to create 12 full-time jobs with potential of 160 or 
1,616 uh, additional jobs with stimulated employment estimates for 20,000 visitors in the first year, um, with that rising to 75,000 per year after five years, and then that's going to generate an annual spend of 4.3 million according to the application submitted. So what's going to happen with the fund given from the Rural, Regener Re Rural Regeneration Development Fund from um, Heather Humphreys Department, the old rectory will be repurposed, um, that dates back to 1905. Um, it was acquired by the council in 2021 and the, in 2019 the council got funding of 920,000 to do up that. So there's also going to be land acquired for parking, wastewater treatment plant is going to be upgraded. So I don't know, will they be looking to put housing on Holy Island? I don't think so. And uh, public realm spaces will also be upgraded. Yeah. As the nearest house to Holy Island, you know, thinking of opening a coffee shop. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, looking at those figures, Parik, 4.3 million spend. If you were living up in Mount Shannon, you should be thinking seriously about the footfall. Like 20,000 visitors in the first year, 75,000 visitors thereafter annually. That's an enormous amount of footfall oh, yeah. for a place that has nothing at the... Well, I shouldn't say that. It, it has very little at the moment. Look, do you mean a lot of spin-off for a lot of people, a lot of businesses in the area? Yeah. And the only concern I would have in relation to it, I hope they're not all being bust in and bust out. Yeah. I said that the yeah. local area would, would, would uh, get some uh, bit of a... Yeah. And Park, I'm sure there's going to be plenty about that's that in next week's show. Sure. Yeah. That's going to be a shame, Luke, when the new bridge in Kittado is, is, is open, that yeah. people in and out. Well, yeah, but, I'm not sure that they'll be going through the heart of East Clare into Brady. We'll just have to get them to stop at St. Croix. What we need is slow tourism. Exactly. Slow tourism. Exactly. 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 So, as Adam says, we want to do a few traffic services and slow them down and get them in. No, no, no hope of it. And no money for the sites in Bunnetty and and the Paul Kessler. No, um, interesting enough that you bring it up. Uh, we had the pleasure, or whatever you want to call it, of meeting the Taoiseach Mial Martin when he was opening Mayor at GTX in Shannon about two months ago. And I was on, you'd get very limited time with these ministers and Taoiseachs yeah, yeah. there, so you might get one or two questions. So I was just updating him on Shannon Heritage, and I said, you know, you were speaking in the Dáil in February or March, whenever it was, and you said, Clare County Council need to get on with it. I said, just to remind you, the latest state of play is the workers are saying you need to get on with it. So what's happening? And it's just been passed from pillar to the post, five inter interdepartmental groups working on it. Mm. And the workers are terrified that come January they're going to be unemployed. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the level of communication they've got from Shannon Airport Group has been atrocious, is what they're telling me. Mm -hmm. um, so worrying. Um, and it's, this has gone on for nearly two years. That yeah, and I'm sure it'll fill a few column inches in the paper uh, for a uh, long time to Tom, very quickly, uh, Castlewood players. Yes, yeah, I just said down the corner there of uh, page 13, Castlewood players are doing John B. Keane's The Chastitute. Uh, uh, that's in Cratlow, and that, that's coming up fairly soon. Yeah, this weekend, 11th, 12th and 13th. Okay. And of course, the Mopti are doing pub theatre in Ryan's, and the one-act um, drama festival is on and doing big. Starting on Saturday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. Okay, perfect, perfect. Right, we're we're out of time. I'm gone way over time again. Tom, thank you very much. Uh, Pat, uh, pleasure as always. David, thank so. you. And a very special thank you to uh, Porik. Uh, thanks a million for coming out and uh, giving us your your, your uh, thoughts on we said what's in the paper and a nice you know. 
good bit of East Clare stuff in the paper this week. We're happy, happy enough with that. We're very happy to see the East Clare section uh, in the paper, you know. So it's good, good for both papers to have it. And as we said, we ask you to support your local journalism in Clare, uh, be it online, we say, with the, the uh, Clare Herald, the Clare Echo, and say the Champion, and the, cha- the Champion and the Echo. Uh, print editions as well. So that's it from us. Jim hopefully uh, is very much enjoying his siesta and we're going to just finish up and wish uh, Scarif Fogonal the very best in the Camogie final which is coming up after this programme. To roll us out this week and there'll probably go 10 seconds of it Pat, what are we going to play? Lena mainly, it was uh, 58 and more or less that, uh, the hot house flowers. So as much as after this programme now I can see clearly now. <laughs> well, in a few years' time, we might be able to see you over the bridge in Killaloo. So that's it from us. Goodbye and take care. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. Bright, sunshiny day.